when we walk in a place of humility, God will exalt. Whatever is literally limiting you from a 100% sold out walk with Jesus, will you let it go? Will you allow whatever needs to be stripped, stripped? He literally says, I want you to let go of everything so I can give you everything more than you can ask. What you value, you will protect. Will you protect what you value the most? There is nothing more important than your walk with God. There is nothing more important than your relationship with Him. The Holy Spirit, the presence of God within you and upon you. A carrier of His presence reveals the Lord's affection with the countenance on their faces. The countenance on your face reveals the heart. Your countenance will reveal your meditation. You want to know what your neighbor is meditating on? Look at the countenance on their face. Do you want to know what you're meditating on? Look in the mirror. You know, we, we are and should be the most happiest people on the face of this earth because of Jesus in us. Amen. So God's presence in you brings God's blessings, right? His presence brings his blessings. Psalm 1611, it says, in his presence is the fullness of joy and at his right hand are eternal pleasures okay so at his right hand are eternal pleasures and in his presence there's the fullness of joy so anytime you're lacking joy you just need to get into his presence you just need to look upon his glorious face because God's presence in you brings God's blessings okay it's his presence and it's his blessings so point number one when you host his presence you host the angelic army of heaven. Isn't that powerful? I want you to turn to 2 Samuel chapter 6. We're talking about the blessing of Obedidim. 2 Samuel 6, verses 11 and 12. The ark of the Lord. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obedidim, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obedidim and all of his household. The presence of God, you can say, remained. The presence of God dwells on the inside of us. At this point in time, the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obedidim, and it was an external structure that they moved about. But the ark of the Lord remained in the house. Say, the ark of the Lord, which is his presence, remains in this house. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obedidim, the Gittite, for three months. And in those three months, there was a blessing that was poured out on his whole household. On his whole household. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 91, 1, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, come on, he who dwells in the secret place, do we dwell in the secret place of the Most High God? Shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty because we dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. Psalm 91, 1. Psalm 91, 1, right? So the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obedidim the Gittite three months, and the Lord blessed Obedidim household. Verse 12, now it was told of King David. It was told. Stop right there. It was told. 
what was told that the blessing of God was in that house it was told news about you and your walk with God is going to be told people will know you walk differently you look different you act different you are different you're filled with the Spirit of God why are you so different it was told what was happening in the house of Obadiah the blessing of God that blessed his whole family it was told to others don't think it doesn't happen today Verse 12, now it was told, King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obadiah and all that belong to him because of the ark of the Lord. You see how good news also travels fast. It's not just bad news that travels. Good news travels too. And they may be jealous about it, but it's still good news traveling. Say, it's good news traveling. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So it was told to King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obadiah and all that belongs to him. Wow, thank you, Jesus, for the Lord is blessing you and all that belongs to you as well. Because of the ark of God, because of the presence of God on the inside of you. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obedidim to the city of David with gladness. Say, others are hearing of the blessing of God in my life. Now, interesting that there was an irreverent handling of the ark, which caused a fatality, and you guys probably know the story, when Uzzah died, right? The ark of God was to be carried by poles on the shoulders of priests, not on a cart that was set on an ox. And because of this, when the oxen had stumbled and yet didn't have a good footing, and the ark started to fall, and Uzzah tried to steady it, it was his life. You might say, but that seems so unfair. He was just trying to keep the ark from falling. No, just because you don't understand the ways of God doesn't mean that it's going to be okay when you step out and do things out of his will. Hey, the example that we just had here tonight of, of um, yoga, that's a perfect example. Just because you think it's okay, God has, you haven't, it hasn't been revealed to you, nobody's ever told you that yoga is wrong, does not make it okay. And it doesn't also remove the consequences that come about when you take part and practice in ungodly practices. God had a way for this ark to be transported. And so the presence of God was to be carried by the priests and on a pole on their shoulders. They were not supposed to touch it back then. Thank God that he, he says to us now, come close uh, and there is no barrier. There is no distance and there's no separation in the spirit of God, right? And, and with our presence with him, amen? In other words, God has been gracious to us, absolutely. So the presence of God is to be carried by people not things we carry the presence of God but you know there are people that still try to create develop altars because they think because they think they're doing something holy but they're not they're doing something religious which would actually be false religion which would actually end up becoming idolatry we build the altar should be in your heart the altar should be that which you love, which is Jesus Christ, that you adore in your heart. And I was speaking to somebody about this the other day. They, they were talking and asking about an altar, about having an altar built. They wanted an altar built. This person loves God, right? But they didn't know, they didn't understand. And I said, just so that we're clear, you don't 
I do not build an altar where you have some kind of a statue there and you're lighting a candle and then you're bowing down to it and then you're, you're praying to it. Because if in doing so, you may think that you feel better because you've done something holy and religious, but you've actually bowed yourself to a demon. You are literally bowing to a practice that God says, don't do that. Don't be bowing to a statue. Now I said, oh, if you're trying to just create a special place in your home where it's a place that you want to go and you just want to spend time with Jesus, and maybe you have a picture that you really like and you put it on the wall, that's fine. You know, something that draws you close to the Lord, something that you love, that's great. Just don't be bowing down to it and don't be praying to it. Don't be lighting a candle over that thing and don't be thinking you're going to send prayers off to this thing because that's obviously idolatry. You know, it's obviously idolatry. I say obviously, but you know what? It's really not that obvious to some people. Maybe it's obvious to you, but it's not that obvious to everybody in the Christian church nowadays. And we actually, we need to be very clear and spell some things out so that we don't get trapped in deception or people that we know don't get trapped in deception. So the presence of God is to be carried by people, not things. So the presence of God is to be carried in me. So everything that we do, we are to do as men and women submitted to God. Men and women submitted to God because we host his presence. We host his presence within us by the power of the Holy Spirit, right? In John 5, 39 and 40, I'm going to just read it to you. I have it written here because we're going to go back to 2 Samuel. But John 5, 39 and 40, Jesus emphasizing the need to come to him not just to know the scriptures, not just to know the scriptures. The Pharisees were searching, they were searching for God, but they were searching for God with their intellect, but they refused to come to him with their whole heart. What is he asking of us? He's asking of us to come to him with our whole hearts, right? To make our home his home to make that place within us, that abode, a place of residence within us. Make me, Lord God, a sanctuary where you reside. Let your presence always reside. You might say, but I'm a Christian. The Spirit of God lives on the inside of me because I'm a Christian. Just a matter of fact, just, that's just the way it is. If you're, if you're saved, the Spirit of God, He lives on the inside of you. He does live on the inside of you if you're saved. And the Spirit of God does live on the inside of you. But is He resting upon you? Because He doesn't rest upon you if you're literally ignoring Him and not walking in agreement with Him and His Word. If you're not in fellowship with Him. So it's one thing to have the Spirit of God on the inside of you, and it's another thing to have the Spirit of God upon you. So He wants to make His, his place of residence on the inside of, of us. But you know that some will despise you because they don't understand the love of God in you. And honestly, that's where a lot of, of you are. I know your stories. And that's where a lot of you are. Some are despising you because they don't understand the love of God in you. They think that it's too much. That, you know, you've just kind of gone overboard, right? But David danced before the Lord, as we've already said that tonight. David danced before the Lord with all of his might. And he was wearing a, wearing a linen ephod as he danced around the house, as he danced around the house of Israel at, and, and bringing up the ark of the Lord. 
He was, he was literally exalting and glorifying the Lord God, his maker. People, this is our, this is a gift to us to be able to do the same thing, to, to be able to express our love for Jesus no matter what. You know, because of the love of God in you, because of God's love, because of his love, because of what he did, we actually have a, we stand, we're here. It's all because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus. Even in any difficulty or heartache or hard situations, we have Jesus and he never leaves us. And he doesn't give up on us, right? But some will despise you for having this radical kind of a love. But know that it is the love of God in you. That is why they are despising you. We know that Michael, Saul's daughter, uh, saw King David leaping and whirling around before the Lord and she despised him in her heart. Yeah, she despised him in her heart. And there are some that despise the fact that you go on so long in worship and then so long in ministry, and they don't understand. But you, on the other hand, it goes so quickly. It goes so quickly. For us, on the other hand, we're just going, oh, is it over? We just want to stay in, in the glory. We want to bask and we want more. Are you kidding? Has it really been that much time? You know, there are people that don't understand. I ask for an extension in our services, time-wise. There are people that don't understand. What do you mean you need more than five hours? What do you mean it's not enough? What are you doing? We're just worshiping Jesus with all of our hearts. But Michael, she despised. She despised. That's a strong word, church. She despised. That's utter hatred. That's like animosity. And we know this happens today. She despised. And she despised David in, in her heart. Really, she was despising God. When they despise you, they're really just despising God. She despised what she didn't understand. Right? She despised what she didn't understand. Some people despise what they don't understand. Some people refuse to understand and therefore despise what they don't understand. Right? So some just don't understand, period. Some refuse to understand, and they despise it anyway. But remember, it's the love of God that we have in our heart. That is what they're despising, but in reality, they're really just despising God, not you. Why does that person shake like that all the time? Why, why does that person make that noise? Like, what is it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there are some things that you don't have to fully understand. Is that of God or not? I'm kind of wondering. I think that that person's not really operating from the spirit of God. I think they're operating from the spirit of the enemy. Okay. But you don't need to despise it. You may have a, a, a discernment and you may, you may try to decide, discern, decipher, you know, judge, you know, but you shouldn't be despising it. You should be trusting. There's a difference between, I'm not sure about that, and despising it. I, right? And I'm not saying, oh, check your brain out the door. But don't despise things because you just may not know. I have met many, many people that used to despise things that now are doing them themselves. They used to ridicule and, and not understand people like me. And now they have become people like me. <laughs> mean loving Jesus with everything and we don't care what it looks like we have been so radically saved the love of God has so transformed us 
We care more about hosting the presence of God in us. We care more about protecting the spirit of God on the inside of us than we do somebody else liking or approving our actions. So her obstinance towards the things of the Lord left her barren. Those of you that know the story know that she paid a very high price for despising the things of God. We will not despise the things of God, even if you don't fully understand. So some will despise you because they don't understand the love of God in you, but that's okay. We pray for that. So the Lord took David from a shepherd to a ruler because he humbled himself and he stayed in a position of humility. And humility always comes before honor. I remember in the early days when I was just getting filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, it was just crazy and radical. And I was always that last person that's still on the floor shaking and just like electrified and the last person the last person out of the building, you know, last person on the floor could never stand in the presence of God, but I could not get enough, right? So that was at night, that was during the service, but you know, like the next day, while I was teaching my children, I had to fight this thought that constantly came into my mind, you are ridiculous. I cannot believe that you, now you're going to teach the Bible after you did that last night. You look like a fool laying on the carpet, laying, just doing all that shaking and baking. You are, that is ridiculous. You know how your kids are embarrassed of you. Like the thoughts that just were coming, we know those thoughts came from the enemy. But I'll tell you right now, you know, I would go right into the presence of God going, oh my gosh, Lord, is this of you or not? And I had to get used to being uncomfortable if I said I was going to trust God. I had to get used to the fact that if I ask him for bread, he's not going to give me a stone. And I had to get used to the fact that sometimes God says, you know what, you just stay humble. Don't allow that spirit of pride that's trying to, that's a spirit of pride that's trying to come upon you. Don't let it. Humility before honor. Don't let that spirit that says, get up, act civil. Pull yourself together. And somebody did tell me that one time. It was as if she was embarrassed for me. I wasn't even embarrassed for myself. I look at it like, well, I think that over the years, sometimes God just wants to make sure we are completely, we feel completely ridiculed and completely like a mess in order to say, Jesus, I don't know what to say, but you get it all. All the glory and all the praise. Can you do something glorious and beautiful from this mess? Yes, and he does, but he is looking for you to die to self. Will you still serve God? Will you trust him in the process? Will you seek God? Will you honor the presence and will you protect the spirit of God on the inside of you? Many will not understand it. Many still don't understand it. But how can they understand something they haven't experienced, right? They can't understand something unless they have experienced it themselves. So we don't allow ourselves to be robbed. We're not gonna say, well, I'm not gonna operate in the spirit so much. I'm I'm not going to let that just rise up out of me. I'm not going to let my hands shake. You could make those things stop, but you shouldn't. We're not going to let ourselves be robbed because someone doesn't understand. And that someone might be somebody that you live with or an extended family member. That's okay. God has put you in a family of believers. He has put you in a position where there is iron sharpening iron, and he has put you in a family that actually serve God with everything within us. So he has placed you in a place where people do understand you. Amen. The Lord took David from a shepherd to a ruler because humility, first of all, never left him. And humility must be established before.
God did honor him. I mean, look at what God is doing now. I look at what God is doing now in my life and I just think, wow. But I had to go through that whole process and it was quite humiliating. It's like God wants to put you in positions of leadership, but he wants to make sure there's nothing left of you first. And of course he wants to empower you, don't get me wrong. He wants to fill you up with his power as well, his love and his healing. Jesus modeled what true shepherd, a shepherd would look like by his life. And we see the shepherd who became king. So 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. And it says, Now it came to pass, when the king was dwelling in his house, that the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies all around him. Thank you, Jesus. Gave him rest. And the king said to Nathan the prophet, Now see, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in satin curtains. Then Nathan said to the king, Go. Do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. But it happened that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David. Thus says the Lord, Would you build a house for me to dwell in? Would you dwell, would you build a house for me to dwell in? Now we know that they're talking about an external house, and we know that the actually his son was the one that got to build the house. We know this, but will you allow God to have you become that house that he dwells in? Will you allow your house to be built? Will you allow whatever needs to be stripped, stripped, let it be stripped. Whatever needs to go, let it go. Whatever is literally limiting you from a 100% sold out walk with Jesus, will you let it go? Because he wants you to come closer to him. He wants, he wants everything for you. He doesn't withhold his blessings from us. He literally says, I want you to let go of everything so I can give you everything. More than you can ask. More than you can hope, dream, or imagine. Jump over to verse 8. Now therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheepfold from following the sheep to be ruler over my people, over Israel. He's saying, David, I, I took you from the lowest of lows. I, I took you from a place of obscurity. I took you from a place where you were by yourself alone. I took you from a place where no one knew you, a place where no one even agreed, approved, or accepted of you. And he is saying, I took you from the sheepfold, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people, over Israel. He's saying, I've taken you from those places so that I could build you up, so that I could raise you up, so that I could use you for the greater glory of God. And that's what he's doing for all of us. That is what he is doing. David was a shepherd who became a ruler because God's presence was honored within him. He honored God's presence, not perfectly, but he honored God's presence, right? He wanted to do the will of God. And so after the prophet finished, after the prophet finished prophesying this, I love what David said, because he said, who am I? There, right there, you see his humility. Look at verse 18. Then King David went and he sat before the Lord. The best thing you can do when you don't know what's going on, you need just sit before the Lord. He sat before the Lord and he said, who am I? He's like, wow, Lord, who am I? Have you ever asked that to the Lord? I know I have. Lord, I'm in, I'm in awe of the things that you have me do. I'm in awe. Who am I that you would entrust 
with so many people's lives. Do you ever say that to the Lord? Who am I, Lord? Father, thank you. And this is what David was saying. Who am I? Oh, Lord God, and what is my house that you have brought me this far? When we walk in a place of humility, God will exalt. Proverbs 18, 12 says, before, before a downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. So if you feel like right now, gosh, I just feel like I'm being humiliated left and right, like misunderstood left and right, um, persecuted left and right, just shot at constantly. Humility before honor. God is watching and he is watching your response. It's okay, let him go. Some people just needed to hear, let him go. Let go of the sting. Let go of the harassing spirits. The example that I gave you, I had to let it go. I had to not allow that embarrassment that would come upon me as I was trying to teach the Bible the next morning to my children. And every Monday morning, it was just like clockwork. Because Sunday night, we'd be the last people out and I'd be the last person on the floor just shaking and baking. Everybody was leaving. Am I not? Am, is this true, Phil? Yep. I like. <laughs> Right? Like we would literally close. We would be the last people out. The guy with the keys was waiting for waiting for us. He was literally waiting for us. Because I wasn't done. They're just like, they're sitting there. My husband and that guy. She almost done. You know, like it was, uh, like they were waiting. But God was doing a deeper work. I was a broken individual that God needed to pour his whole self and, and heal so many things. And I guess I just took a long time, but I, I just I just needed all that. I don't know what to tell you all. But you know what? I'm glad because it's made me who I am today, right? And so humility before honor. Yeah, we give God the glory. Amen. We read verse 18. Now let's jump down to verse 22. This is David's prayer. He says, you are great, O Lord God, for there is none like you. There is none like you, nor is there any God besides you, according to all that we have heard with our ears. So with the blessing of the Lord, church of God, you are blessed. When you just look over to verses 28 and 29, 28 says, again, continuing, this is his prayer. Oh, Lord God, you are God, and your words are true, and you have promised this goodness to your servant. Now, therefore, let it please you to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue before you forever. He says, oh, Lord God, you have spoken it, and with your blessing, let the house of your servant be blessed forever. Now, let the house of your servants, let's us, let our houses be blessed forever. We honor you, Lord God. We honor the presence of God. We will protect the presence of God, right? What you honor, you value. What you value, you protect. I protect the Holy Spirit in me. Jesus, the Holy Spirit doesn't need to be protected. You know what? He lives on the inside of me. Where I take him is literally something that I need to be mindful of. So in a way, it can be said that I'm going to protect the Spirit of God, the presence of God on the inside of me by what I choose to do and where I choose to go or not go. So you will honor what you value and you will value what you protect. You're going to value what you protect. And when you protect the presence of God in you, you cherish the one who made you and called you his own. Our walk needs to be one that lives and breathes and moves by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
So learn to carry his presence well. Not every Christian carries his presence well. It's something we learn to do. We learn to carry his presence well. And that will produce in you an undisturbed, unshaken awareness of the God in you, God Almighty in you, the hope of glory in you, Jesus Christ himself. So we're going to let our countenance be of his glory, right? And let our heart reveal what our faithful meditation is about.